Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Ballin' Out Super! Trapped in the house! (laughs) I'm your host, Jeremy Hammond, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Katie Rose Leon. Another day in paradise, and by paradise, I mean the hellscape that is my own inner thoughts. And Alex Patek. Hey, what's up? I'm Alex. I've been reincarnated as a dog. I can't believe it. I'm a dog now. It's uh, the same as before, but I'm a dog. I like you much better this way, actually. Oh, it brings me great shame, but it is a lot of fun. I'm a dog now. I always felt like you were a golden retriever, so I was really shocked to find out that you're actually a chihuahua, a Hollywood Put your chihuahua. right on that subscribe button. <laughs> All right, thanks. And our special guest this week, reluctantly agreeing to watch another anime, Matt Christman. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So last time we had you on, we watched an episode of Dragon Ball Super. Admittedly, not a great one that um, I don't don't know how to recap this. you hated to an extent that you questioned all of your life's choices. Yes. Would uh, that be no? That an was accurate, not accurate description? at all. Okay. No, not true. Well, uh, I went back and listened to that today, and you definitely went on a journey. And I well, feel no, bad. it was just because you guys asked those weird questions, like, "Well, did you like Pokemon or whatever?" And I didn't. And then you said, "Well, what did you like?" And I freaked out because I was thinking in terms of like, "What dumb kid bullshit were you into other than Pokemon?" And I really wasn't. And it was uh-huh. only after I was on the show that I thought and realized, well, I did have something. It just wasn't anything like that. It wasn't a show or it wasn't a card game or uh, anything like that. It was the Civil War. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was history overall. It was culture terms. But it was the Civil War. It was just the Civil War. No other wars. No. Now, Matt, what was it about the Civil War that particularly captured your attention as a child? Uh, probably all the people who got killed. <laughs> yeah, dude, a, a lot of them did. So many. I feel like that's why a lot of kids also get obsessed with the Titanic because yes. they're like, so many people died on that very big boat. Yeah, as a Titanic <laughs> guy, a childhood Titanic guy can absolutely vouch for the fact that the key point of interest is how many people died. It, it's truly. You astounding. were a Titanic guy. Yeah, we've covered so that. It's come up, it's come up so it's many times. Come up, it has he, not. He told that whole story about going to the professor's office about writing the book about Titanic and being like, "I love the Titanic, bro." <laughs> like, yeah. Oh damn! I must have just blacked that out. Yeah. I really don't remember most of the things that happened on here. It's a centerpiece <laughs> of Jeremy lore. I thought you were an expert. No, I'm I'm but a fool in terms of Jeremy Lore, and the reason is I am a dog. But very surprising that there is no American Civil War anime because I feel like it does lead itself to the genre in terms of uh, the stakes and all of the slaughter and stuff. Well, like, they mean, really the got nothing for us. Japan had sort of a civil war in about the same time period, the Meiji Restoration. So, you know. They don't really need to do the Civil War if they want, like, musket-based uh, warfare. They've got their own thing. Plus, there were swords. 
mm. uh, which makes it automatically cooler. There was, it I feel like there cooler. was some small amount of like ornamental swords in the American Civil War. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The the, the officers carried uh, sabers, uh, uh-huh. and cavalry guys did, but like less than two percent of Civil War injuries were caused by bayonets or swords. What? <laughs> you have that number? I told you. I'm not kidding. <laughs> My man's you think for this real. is a fucking joke? He's not a poser. <laughs> He's not fronting on the Civil War. No yeah, I'm not, I'm not fucking around here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's well, such an amazing goal to just have. And playing Pokemon. I was studying the blades <laughs> of the Army of the Potomac. I like how you think people were going to parties and playing yeah. Pokemon. Well, whatever you were doing, I was doing that. <laughs> whatever you people were doing, that's what I was doing. <laughs> to play Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon parties. I assume that's what people did. I mean, the girls at these Pokemon parties? Oh, my goodness. Everybody's got their own special watch. <laughs> Charmander in it. Um, uh, You know what they found? And I don't know if this is just like a, maybe a different thing culturally, but they can't, uh, at least in modern history, get anybody to kill anyone with a bayonet. So I bet yeah, that's a lot really of the reason gross. we transitioned over. Yeah. people are. It's incredibly upsetting. And people don't like getting stabbed with him either. So one of the reasons that happens is people tend to give up in the face of bayonet, uh, much like fa- the famously the twentieth Massachusetts or the twentieth Maine uh, at uh, at the second day of Gettysburg when they charged down Little Round Top and everyone just immediately gave up because they're like, wait a minute, are you going to stab me with that thing? It's, never mind. Fucking I was okay when it. you were shooting me from the top of a hill. But now that you're two feet in front of me with a giant sword or, or a giant knife at the end of your uh, gun, I don't want that in my bo- body. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask you, is it like, like substantively, is it different, uh, the injury you sustain from a knife versus a bullet? Like, I mean, it seems like they just both just kill more, you. I mean, you have a chance to see it coming towards you, you know? Right. Like you get shot with a bullet, it's out of nowhere. You're just sort of like, you're okay, you're okay, and then, oh, ouch, or you're dead. Yeah. But there's, I can a, see dude, on the, like, there's on the... a dude coming down a hill towards you. And yeah. he's got a bit like a, a foot long spike at the end of his gun. And then you, you have time to think about what that would feel like in your body. Yeah. On and the, then if, on the if operator's you're doing the end, yeah. Yeah. On the operator's end, I could absolutely understand the reluctance to use the bayonet. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like uh, what our, our hero, the Joker, says, uh, you know, when you stab somebody, you learn uh, whether or not they're a coward or whatever it was that he says. Yeah, like, it's, it's a much more That's like up close says. and personal. I'm, I'm it's very intimate. Yeah. And <laughs> it's also, a very you know, thing. hand-to-hand combat was limited by the, in the Civil War just vert by virtue of the fact that due to the, the rifled musketry, uh, it was hard to get that close without getting your ass shot off. Did you ever read the Killer Angels? I feel oh, like that yeah. was the of extent of my Civil War. Killer Angel. Shut up. <laughs> Ask me if I read the fucking Killer Angel. <laughs> the Killer Angels when I was like 12. <laughs> Wait, so what, okay. what age right. does this start at, Matt? Everybody just calm the, the fuck down. That's about the age it starts. It 12? starts around puberty. I remember being very hooked by just the title of that book and then getting into it and being like, this is a lot of details in a row that's going to be hard for me to remember. Yeah, it rules. <laughs> they make Maine look cool in that book. They do. I respect Joshua, that. Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain was an absolute pimp. Who is this? Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain is one of the one of the protagonists of the Killer Angels. Okay. Uh, he was the commander of, uh, of the 20th Maine who ordered the, the charge, save the Union line on the second day. Uh, he was a rhetoric professor from Bowdoin College in Maine. 
he was absolute ner- war nerd, a literal, like a literal war nerd. And then through the re- he fought the rest of the war. He was shot through both hips at Petersburg, and his obituary was published in the newspaper, even though he ended up not dying somehow. Uh, but then he recovered enough to actually accept the Confederate surrender formally at Appomattox. Uh, and then he went on to be a multi-term uh, governor of the state of Maine after the war. And then he ended up dying of the shot, of the bullet wound, when he was in his 80s. It finally got him. What, what the fuck? From what? Like How? an infection or something? Well, just, it's, you know, it's like it was a recurrent injury. And the older he got, the harder it was to fight off, yeah, things like infection and damage and whatnot damn sometimes you forget about how bullets work <laughs> yeah. it's been a while <laughs> so I, i'm trying to think of more civil war like media properties i feel like well, there's not actually that many compared to like world war ii or even vietnam it's not it doesn't make us look the best that america likes a victory story but we beat slavery yeah Hooray. but then we also have to talk about those those other guys the the heroes <laughs> down south yeah <laughs> I, mean, anybody else, I don't know if i talked about this on this podcast or a different podcast but i remember learning about the civil war in school and the angle of at least the textbook was like there were villains on both sides so just like the don't crawl, pick a side just like the crawl for the beginning of uh, revenge of the sith yes right, there right, right. on both sides, on yes. both sides. <laughs> and the angle of it That's too right. was like Sure, one of them was maintaining slavery, but they were also much more dapper than what you got up north. Well, they would pass through cities, and that's ladies what's would. So funny to me about Ed Zwick because Ed Zwick directed Glory, which, as a child, was an incredibly powerful movie for me. One of the things that helped bake me into a Civil War nerd, and then he also made The Last Samurai, which is about a war that happens somewhat later than the Civil War in which the sides were kind of the same in terms of like a modernizing industrial army and then a feudal uh, throwback a a bunch of weirdos who were basically fighting for their right to like, you know, tax the peasantry while they walked around wearing their dumb outfits and did pedophilia. (laughs) Uh, Samurais love pedophilia, by the way. Um, <laughs> they do, for sure. Uh, Sounds right. So it was basically like a Jeffrey Epstein uprising against the the, the Meiji uh, emperor. And uh, and in that one, Zwick's like, yeah, those are the good guys. And it's like, wait a minute. What, do you have any coherent like perspective on anything? It's like, no, they're cool. Look at them. They got swords. Guys who do the most killing are cool. I don't see what's complicated about this. <laughs> I mean, Epstein does was, have very strong, like, Japanese feudal lord energy about him. <laughs> in what way? You just could absolutely see him just kind of walking around in, in one of those of his, silk robes. His use of shadows? <laughs> I'm just picturing How him in a, like, feudal Japan outfit and, and laughing to myself at it. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think samurai appreciate this framing, but they're just uh, <laughs> they're all back dead. in time cops. <laughs> they're I just, just uh, they're cops for the daimyo. I'm just saying, samurai games are hard, but ninja games are fun. So that's what I'm going off of here. Oh yeah, in terms of video games, you're saying I've never yes. played a samurai game. Well, there you go. <laughs> Did you play Ninja Gaiden, Katie? I have played Ninja Gaiden. 
because that one's pretty hard too. It is hard, but you jump. Maybe around. check your privilege. Has there been a civil war game? I didn't say game? it was hard. <laughs> I said it was fun. Okay, fair enough. I Don't do not think there has been a Civil War video game. you tell me to turn down my microphone. <laughs> I and just don't want you to clip, Katie. You are <laughs> lecturing me on video <laughs> I games. edited last week and you were clipping, so I was trying to make you even more crystal clear, Katie. I swear. Sure, sure, sure. I'm sure, okay. I'm sure there's a Civil War game. It's just not heavily advertised, by the well, way. Well, I just Googled uh, Call of Duty Civil War, and yeah. okay. uh, there are just a million Reddit posts of people being like, Call of Duty Civil War, a possibility? <laughs> yeah. It seems like people uh, really want this. How can make the shittiest game of all time? You cannot do, yeah, first-person shooter would not work with a Civil War. You don't want to spend that much time reloading. Ooh, interesting right, I was just point. You need, like, an advanced reloading portion of the game I think the only that's way the part could, like, you get good at. I, I don't know you could do it because like a pair uh, and i remember when like uh uh that battle the uh, battle which one the world war one game that came out a few years ago that everybody loved uh battlefield one battlefield one yeah like half the guns that you use in that were experimental things that never got mass produced at all but you know it's because you want something more interesting than just a fucking uh because like basically everybody in the in world war one had a had a had a uh, bolt-action rifle. I mean, everything else, the only other thing was like a machine gun that was too heavy to carry. Right. So they had like all these like light machine guns and stuff that never really got production. Uh, if you right. wanted to do that in a, for a Civil War game, you could cheat and have them fire a Henry repeating rifle, which did exist. Uh, and what there were a few of them which like commanders in the North that had the money would buy for their guys, but it was never like mass-produced or, or mass-distributed. Uh, and that had like, that had a... Uh, like a Winchester, uh, uh, it had the, uh, what do you call it? The swing action, the, the rev- mm. you know, like I'm- with the, uh, oh, fuck, you know, where the, you cock it with the thing that swings out, like the shotgun that Schwarzenegger has in Terminator 2. Yes. You know? Uh, yeah, where it does the full, like, rotation, like the flip thing. Well, you don't have to flip it all. You just pull down and pull back the right. thing. Right, but you the, flip it if you want to look cool. This uh, is why we need a gun nerd on the show. I've been <laughs> saying I, I this. I know what the fuck that was called, and I, right now I can't remember. Alex is always saying this. He's like, we need a gun he guy. He says it we every need episode. Explosions I need expert. another word for firing. Lever <laughs> can't think of That's one. The term Lever action. Lever action. Lever action. Okay. But the thing is, if you had a if you had a Henry in a Civil War game, you could just like kill everyone. It would not be were very people difficult. still were people still like firing in formation at yes. this point, like big columns yeah. of people because yeah. that that wouldn't be a good video game. Well, you could do like no, an well, Age of Empires. Ones, like Sid, Sid Meier had like Civil War games, and you would like click on like a little column and you know send it here and there. Right. I mean, it would have it has to be like unit based, like tacticals. Yeah, tactical game. You can't do it as a one, single person thing. Yeah, it works they well for do Age a of Fire Empires. Emblem Civil War game. <laughs> Age of Empires, yeah, it does have it. Yeah, because Age of Empires essentially is just like you click once and then that unit is just spent for the round. So it's like it's as if it's one fu- one shot that you have to then reload. Right, because of how they're spent. But if you would humor this idea, okay, the creators of Fire Emblem they make a Civil War game. Not only are you a general looking to either end slavery or maintain your southern way of life. But you also get to find love and maybe sire children that help you in the conflict. I like that. Would you buy that? Is that something you'd buy? I I mean, it's a game, so no, I would not. (laughs) I'll get you. It's it's really good. What if it was like The Sims? 
what if it was the sims but it was uh in civil war times and so you are a landowning bell in the south you know maybe like a recent widow uh okay and you build your your huge plantation manor and then you watch as battles take place on your front lawn and you sip tea <laughs> hmm Okay. I think the building the plantation portion of it could get into some risque territory. Yeah. But the sipping the tea part sounds wonderful. You could even have a, a gin and tonic on that porch. I don't think a gin would... Uh, would we have gin at that point? Matt, you probably know. Yeah, the gin was more of a British uh, thing, though. Yeah. Oh, Fuck. tonic wouldn't exist yet. <laughs> what? Fuck shit. Suck my dick all... Oh, my God. I told you guys. Okay. What? Well, what were told you <laughs> told us what i told you did, you, you never gin? said anything about gin <laughs> i said gin was british no you said, we said the opposite of this katie you were the one who was wrong about this <laughs> really i will rewind this tape <laughs> <laughs> i you Please know don't. what i've been this is all about le- what were people drinking right. then? Just like You're whiskeys? Right. Yeah, whiskey. Yeah. yeah, I imagine so. In fact, uh, it was common knowledge in the in the mil- army that you could fit a pint of whiskey in the barrel of a of a Springfield rifle. That's also how I've been spending my quarantine. And would it ruin uh, the rifle or? No, I mean you would huh. want to clean it or it would or it rust. Yes, but you could just put it in there. Uh, speaking of pregnancy in the Civil War, though, that made me remember one of my favorite apocryphal stories. Uh, so there was this uh, do- conf- uh, southern doctor named LeGrand Capers Jr. <laughs> <laughs> those are those big who, ones, uh, right? The big who Capers. served in the Civil War uh, as a surgeon for the Confederate Army. He was at Gettysburg. Uh, and he, uh, or no, uh, that was before Gettysburg. Uh, he published a story after the Civil War uh, in, in a medical journal uh, in 1874. Uh and he, he made this claim uh, in the article. On the 12th day of May, 1863, the, at the, the Battle of R was fought. Our men were fighting nobly, but pressed by superior numbers and gradually fallen back to within 150 yards of the house. My position near my regiment, I beheld a noble, gallant young friend staggering closer and then fall to earth. In the same moment, a piercing scream from the house reached my ear. I was soon by the side of the young man and upon examination found a compound fracture with extensive commutation of the rest tibia. The ball had ricocheted from these parts, and in its upward flight, onward flight, passed through the scrotum, carrying away the left testicle. Scarcely had I finished dressing the wounds of this poor fellow when the estimable matron came running to me in the greatest distress, begging me to go to one of her daughters, who she informed me had been badly wounded a few minutes before. Hastening to the house, I found that the eldest of the young ladies had indeed received a more serious wound. A Manet ball had penetrated the left abdominal parietus around ha- midway between the umbilicus and anterior spinal process of the ilium and was lost in the abdominal cavity, leaving a ragged wound behind. Believing there was little or no hope of her recovery, I had only time to prescribe an anodyne which, while our army fell back, leaving both the field and village in the hands of the enemy. About six months after her recovery, the movement of our army brought me again to the village of R, and I was again sent to for to see the young lady. She appeared in excellent health and spirits, but her abdomen had become enormously enlarged, so much as to resemble pregnancy at the seventh or eighth month. Indeed, had I not known the family and the facts of the abdominal wound, I would so have pronounced the case. Upon the above circumstances, I failed to give a positive diagnosis, determining to keep the case under surveillance. Just 278 days from the da- date of the receipt of the wound by the Maneball, I received delivered this same young woman of a fine boy weighing eight, eight pounds. 
About three weeks from the date of the remarkable birth, I was called to see the child, the grandmother insisting that there was something wrong about the genitals. Examination revealed an enlarged, swollen, sensitive scrotum containing on the right side a hard, roughened substance, evidently foreign. I decided upon what? operating for its removal at once, and in so doing, extracted from the scrotum a manet ball. What? Shattered, <laughs> what? As if it had been met in its flight some hard, unyielding substance. <laughs> so he claimed that a guy's ball got shot off. <laughs> the ball, the nut, was carried by a bullet into a woman's abdomen <laughs> where she was impregnated with sperm from the guy's testicle. And then mm. the baby... <laughs> And then the mm. baby has the ball in its scrotum. You know. Uh, <laughs> the scrotum of a baby at like one month of development, like the size of a quarter. How the fuck does it end well, up the there? Funny thing is, the funny thing is, is that later on in that same journal or like like later on, they just reveal, yeah, this is a joke. He was having fun. He's make, okay, baby. Yeah. I was about to say, this sounds like a really elaborate no, it was, excuse it was a made, for. It was a made up thing. But the funny thing is, is that it now is like one of those urban legends about the civil war right where you'll hear about like the bullet pregnancy <laughs> but it was made up it did not actually happen well this is the game civil war doctor oh yeah, yeah. Be like, uh, yes cutting off limbs yeah yeah that kind of thing way more violent than normal doctor and then it's all old-timey you get all the red dead redemption 2 people in i'm working on my pitch i need a new source yeah. of income did you guys have like civil war uh um I guess reenactors, but not really like in your towns. I had one. There was one guy. We weren't near any like major reenactment sites, but we had one guy who would dress like the Civil War every day. And I feel like every day, every day, and he ran for mayor of my town and came in second. There was some like weird people on Long Island that had that bug because we had all those like ports named after presidents. And yeah, stuff. we have like Teddy Roosevelt comes from Long Island and stuff. Yeah, yeah so I you think, might catch the bug. I think there's just like a poison in certain people's brains yeah. that they're like, what if I was old-timey all the time, then my wife would come back. It's <laughs> 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 almost always the motivation. <laughs> you you I, see them in I, a five-piece suit? I've seen a few reenactments. Uh-huh. They're pretty cool. Are they? Yeah, the one <laughs> problem is, is that they're not realistic in that they don't have a bunch of guys shitting themselves to death. Uh-huh. <laughs> because that is diarrhea was the number one cause of death in the Civil War. What? Right, because they didn't have any supplies or equipment yeah. or anything. They just drink yeah. bad water. Yeah, they would drink that. And they were all living together very close, which is conducive to diseases. They didn't have vaccinations or penicillin. So, yeah, infection and, and typhoid were the top cause of death in World War II. Are there any, like, hardcore reenactments? All the reenactments I saw were... I had to do one in middle school. What? I remember. We did Pickett's Charge. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, because I'm in Massachusetts. So Which side were you on? The history. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think I was on the good one, but I was slain. <laughs> it's not important. I was young. I was easy to mislead uh... into false ideology. <laughs> You're running with the wrong crowd. Uh, by the way, <laughs> the question of are there hardcore reenactors? Yes, there are. There are ones that uh, will, like shit. There are guys who like wear who don't like get wear all the pack shit. Who like travel very lightly. Mostly Confederate guys because you know that was a more the, those guys were more hard scrabble. They had fewer uh, supplies in general and and and, and traveled lighter. 
Uh, that was I, I knew a guy in college who was a Confederate Civil War liber- reactor and libertarian, as you would imagine. Yeah, shock. Uh, How else? And wow. he, uh, he said one of the reasons he preferred the Confederates, among ideological reasons, was because when it was time to go, they could pack up in five minutes, whereas the Union guy would take a half an hour to get everything yeah, put back together. They're always but saying this. These guys will like... <laughs> you know they will they will eat the hardtack and they will eat like the canned meat. Uh-huh. They will they will like I remember if there's a book called Confederates in the Attic that talks about these guys and interviews some of them and they will do this thing where they like practice rotting. What? Because when you get shot in, in the battlefield and they don't claim your body, the gases start making you bloat. Mm-hmm. Like you you start literally expanding in size. Uh, and this guy would one of the guys in this book he talks about practicing bloating. Like swelling up after getting shot, but like, how do you do that? I don't know. You like it's the eat a lot of. The of uh... I'm, not a, I'm not a reenactor, so uh, they wouldn't tell me. I guess, ladies, I've been practicing bloating for years, and all it takes is one wild weekend. <laughs> am I right? Uh, no, but I mean, I originally with the question I meant, is there like an equivalent to like a guar show where they're like <laughs> blowing up a fake body that <laughs> sends like blood and bits of arms and shit everywhere? They don't want to muss up their, uh, you know, period correct outfits. I'm sure they take a lot of time to construct. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, that also sounds expensive, too. And I bet there's not that much money in the reenactment community. Did you ever do any reenactments? No. He did. No. Did you have any like buddies who were like in on the Civil War with you, or was this mostly a solo endeavor? When I was a kid, yeah. I mean, I met people later, but at the time, it was just for me. But so in that time when you were young and you're first getting into it and you're probably at your most passionate about it, you never did you ever like think of going to be in a reenactment or did, was this always like a bridge too far for you? Yeah, I, I, I never really. It, never, it seemed kind of cool to watch, but the idea of actually like doing it I never really liked that shit. Like, I, I quit Cub Scouts when I switched to Boy Scouts because they made you, like, do sit-ups and shit. So. <laughs> I was Same. like, fuck this. Fuck this shit. Uh-huh. The moment I had to memorize a pledge, I was like, I am out. I will just use a knife on my own. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here. Well, all right. So that's that's the Civil War. And that's when everyone fell off of a cliff. And if you're having a hard time picturing that, oh, didn't see you there. I'm Dan Carlin from Hard Dan History's Hard Dan Time. And I'd like to tell you about a little one of my friends in my little podcast lists. I only listen to the most intense podcasts. Podcasts that make you wonder, what am I doing in the morning? What am I getting up for? Maybe my religion is a lie. Well, I've got one for you. How about the Ballin' Out Super Podcast. You can buy one of their shirts in the store. You can subscribe to their Patreon content. There's some great stuff on there. And then you can hit the subscribe button, and you can do it again. And after you hit it a second time, you do it again. And you sell everyone you see into slavery. That's my plug for the podcast. Dan Carlin, from Mike's Hard Dan History. Today we are watching... Oda Cinnamon Nobunaga, the new <laughs> hit show where f- feudal warlord Oda Nobunaga is transformed into a Shiba Inu <laughs> and cannot believe it. <laughs> I feel like they could adapt but, this for American audiences and it would be probably Civil War 
characters. Although realistically, it'd probably be Revolutionary War characters <laughs> if they did it. I can't believe it. I'm Robert E. Lee, and I'm a schnauzer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would probably go over better if it was Revolutionary War. The dogs characters. just trying to own other dogs to maintain their way of life. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, I'm a big fan of dog tent, and uh, let me tell you y'all, is good good times in the quarantine zone. That's the thing is I started watching this show just because I was like blackout drunk (laughs) cruising around Crunchyroll and then it really sinks in to you. Like I don't remember liking it that much the first time I watched it, but by episode like three, because I've seen the whole thing now, you're just addicted to these dogs who were once men and their (laughs) sad tales of their lives. Do any of you know the history, like who these figures are? Because I don't really know a lot about Japanese history that's what i was gonna ask because um i used to know a lot more about this because i would read like novels that were set in the feudal states period and stuff but i don't remember any of that shit i just remember nobunaga is one of the big ones um iyasu tokugawa is one of the big ones um but my like general very vague understanding of the situation is in the 1500s and for several hundred years around this time period there's just constant civil war through the whole country where the entire period uh the entire country is just cut up into lands owned by warlords and you just end up in one area and are probably slaughtered either in an army or being attacked by an army going somewhere else so i think that's kind of like the big emphasis of the show is can you believe he's a dog also we will not speak of his crimes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I think that's kind of like a, it's an unstated point, right? Because I think we're meant to like the the Japanese audience presumably has grown up with pop culture uh, representations of this historical figure as this like deeply cruel, mean character that you're supposed to you know boo and hiss at, and so this is kind of I'm trying to think. I mean, he would be like a Robert E. Lee, wouldn't he? I I guess, but I don't think I think they were all kind of like that just by the job description, right. you know. Like I think it's how they view uh, Genghis Khan in Mongolia, where it's like, yeah, he killed a lot of people, didn't he? And that's why we have so many cows. <laughs> um, I don't know, just guessing. But the reason this show is so fun, I think, as an American, is because you're watching it, and the show assumes you already know all about all of these dogs. <laughs> from your school and just pop culture and you just have no idea who the fuck uwasegi kenshin is (laughs) should we get in just the description of the episode because yeah that was like i thoroughly enjoyed it but yeah i was like clearly i need to take a course before enjoying this show to its fullest i need to do some reading all right so we start the show episode one of oda shinamon nobunaga um in the past and you're turning it on you flipped over there you're like oh this is an interesting show it says june 2nd 1582 a fine year we see the stately warlord oda nobunaga high up in his castle uh looking outside at the flames and armies approaching his (laughs) his castle at hanoji yeah and once again um I don't know a ton about this history, but this guy was like a warlord, right? Like he, he was, he was, he, he is, he, he's not like a great dude, right? But they're painting. Well, he's one of those guys where it's, yeah, as they're, as you're saying, he killed a lot of guys, but he also helped 
unify Japan again and and bring about the end of the warring states period. So people are like, you yeah, got to give, give it, it to him, him, sort of, you know, like guy, ah, that he's guy, like a Mussolini, that guy, you know. It was he's kind of a jerk, but <laughs> he, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, he murdered many Japan. of our children. We must respect it. We must respect what the things he did to the women. <laughs> yeah, like our like yeah, the it really is. It's very <laughs> similar. Um, Jeremy, what was the expression you found? Oh yeah, well, so what we're witnessing here is is his castle being burnt down by the traitor uh, uh, Hideo, Mitsuhide. Uh, Mits, Mitsunide. Uh, it says yeah, he's convinced it's his vassal Mitsuhide, despite. We'll get into that later in the episode, but he thinks one of his men betrayed him because he sees their banners outside. Right, and so, but then the person who takes up power after him is Hideyoshi, and then he holds power only a very uh, short period of time before it's Ayasu, uh, Tokugawa Ayasu. And so there's this phrase on on the Wikipedia page for Oda Nobunaga, uh, the nature of the succession of power through the three... Daimyos. How do you say that? No idea. (laughs) They're shoguns, though, aren't they? Whatever. Between the three daimyos is reflected in a well-known Japanese idiom. Nobunaga pounds the national rice cake. Hideyoshi needs it. And in the end, Iyasu sits down and eats it. Yeah, you know when you just find yourself saying that expression, you don't know where it's from? Yeah, all the time. This is where it's from, the whole thing. Wow, I'm learning. The national rice cake. I'm having fun. (laughs) Yeah, learning can be fun. I don't care what people say. You know, just because we're in quarantine doesn't mean we can't exercise our minds. Am I right, everybody? Get on the treadmill of, of learning. Yes. Get on, Get on the, the brain, brain treadmill. Pound the national rice cake <laughs> of the brain. Yeah, pound my rice cake, Daddy. Uh, All right, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, that kind of show. I don't know. He was in that uh, hot tub with all those ladies, and it was horny. Yeah. It was very horny, yeah. yes. That they was still very found horny. Sometimes the dogs get horny. I was about to say, they still found the way to make the cute dog show just a little bit horny, just to mm-hmm. remind you where these samurais <laughs> you are. You gotta know your audience. I, I'm. Uh, we'll get into uh, this a little more later, but uh, I've seen the rest of the show, and they have an ed- episode dedicated to the big, uh, fluffy. I don't know if he's he's a poodle. He's like a tall, long-haired dog, and his name is Uesugi Kenshin, and he's taken a vow of chastity, and so now he lives his life out as a dog. And they have an episode all about this, where he's just desires to be padded more than the other dogs. Oh, because he never got his dick sucked. Yes, and so to a dog, it's even, it's the utmost pleasure to be huh. padded such. Oh, I don't want to think about my... Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, no, they, they, they draw the line, and you're thinking like, am I pleasing a forlorn dog spirit? Is that how I've been living my life? But yeah, I mean, being a dog is crazy. Speaking of drawn lines, <laughs> there is a very interesting line in in the animation of this show because they're really keen to show you the dog's uh, buttholes. They're very keen to show you that. Well, it's I, fucking funny. It's very funny. Yeah. But what the line that's interesting is that when they roll over, you never see the dog's dick. Yeah, no, because that's not cute. <laughs> Jeremy, I don't believe i have to explain this to you dog lipstick dog, no not the dick. lipstick part just the exterior yeah, okay just the, the whole the hull the, the dog sheath <laughs> yeah, the, the dog ding dong sheath 
not cute. <laughs> little X buttholes, cute and funny. I don't. I don't see. I think the I little think sheath is kind of cute. You are insane. No, no, it's not. You ever walk around like Bushwick and you see somebody with like a big pit bull and then you see it's like dog dick and you're like, why does it seem like a man's body? Why is this dog a man? Jeremy, you're... That's only really a problem for the big ones, though, I guess. That but is anyway. disturbing to hear you say. Well, it's, it's cute. It's like a little... It's not like a real dick no, or anything. Oh, my God. It's like All a right, little we're moving on. I am we're learning moving, We're things. learning and we're loving. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the, uh, Nobunaga has accepted his death has come at the, ha- at, uh, the hands of one of his men and smiles and he looks into a mirror and a shrine and he says perhaps i'll be a lowly dog in my next life kind of as a little joke to himself (laughs) i think just one of those little funny things you say when you're alone and you're about to die (laughs) yeah and then we cut to the title of the episode man from the past i am oda cinnamon nobunaga (laughs) and that lets you know exactly what the show's about he has been reborn as a dog (laughs) i would say roughly one quarter of the screen time on this episode is just scenes of a dog during the camera being like but i was once a man (laughs) and now i live a life of great indemnity (laughs) um so, you know, now we're just into it. That's what the show's about. Yeah. They're just really selling you on it. It's a classic pilot episode. Now, do they yeah, ever you... go into great detail about the fact that uh, Nobunaga did seppuku? He didn't die in the fire. He, like, kills himself. Yeah, they just cut away from that yeah. shit. <laughs> no, because, again, the point of the show is you already know that. <laughs> <laughs> and there would be no point in showing it. <laughs> Um, that that makes it so much funnier too that he's like i was just joking when i was taking my life (laughs) yeah yeah i should have just said i want to be reborn exactly as i was (laughs) also man i can't believe i'm a fucking dog It's really interesting because when we were doing all those anime first episodes, none of them really follow pilot rules, but this one does, which is pretty uh, refreshing. It's just selling, 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 selling. He's Oda Nobunaga, but he's a dog. Can you believe it? I cannot. He can't. Uh, the, he hates how cute he is. He hates. He hates that it. his name is Cinnamon. That's a big part of this episode, is that he wishes he had his old name or a better name than Cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had a dog named Cinnamon. And then part of this is like kind of like like generic like uh, observational comedy kind of things about like, you know when a dog is kicking its ears and you're wondering, what's, what's it thinking in there? Well, what it's thinking is of uh, the time an assassin leapt at its ear or some shit. Like they're just, they're just trying to get you to laugh at the normal dog things dogs do. So the first thing we get after the, the, the title is uh cinnamon does not want to go on a walk. His girl's <laughs> trying to get him to go on a walk. And he's like, nah, not until I want to go. Uh, but then he does. <laughs> It's really kind of yeah. a, it's a very formulaic sort of uh, show. <laughs> yeah, everything's like, I don't like dog shit. Oh, actually, I love it. I love being a dog. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of how I was a man before. 
<laughs> and they cut to uh I think this is the picture on on the website when you click on it, which is the girl walking him as a man naked with a handkerchief on his neck. Once again, horny. <laughs> which is horny and also kind of bondage themed. Yeah. <laughs> um so he goes to the dog run uh and all these women pet him and he reminds them, You're you're petting me. Which is but sex you don't for know me. I'm Oda Nobunaga. It's sex for me. And that this is sex for me. <laughs> <laughs> because now I'm a dog. And that's kind of really where the episode's... That's where it's headed. And uh, <laughs> he meets all the dogs at the dog run. And they're all famous warlords. I have questions. Do you guys know who these people are? Why is that one, like, the, the archer guy, like, pretty and soft? I would imagine if you had a Japanese education, you'd know exactly who every single one of these people are, and these jokes would be very... Like, these would be landing so hard. Like, oh, of course that guy with the one eye is, like, a fucking sweet-ass little poodle. Okay. Yeah. Well, the fun thing about it, so they have... uh, And if you're listening at home, I'm sure you're waiting in eager anticipation for this. They have Takeda Shingen as Lucky, the fluffy dog. (laughs) They have Date uh, Masamune yes. as Boo, the French bulldog. <laughs> and guess what? He doesn't have an eye patch, but he does have a big spot over where that eye is. <laughs> kind of looks like an eye patch, doesn't kinda it? Kind of does. Huh. Makes you think. Kind of does. <laughs> Makes you think when, a, when ju- a dog has spotty eyes, does that mean that yeah, they were that a warlord in the past? Did they have an eye patch? And that's what... <laughs> Do they have an eye patch on both eyes? And that's why they have spots there? Um, Just getting through these again quickly. (laughs) Julian, I would love to move on. (laughs) Julian is Uesugi Kenshin, um, and he's he's like a dog. And uh, Charlie is Korodo Kanbei. And Gilbert is Imagawa. Yoshimoto, I think. I can't really read my handwriting there. But those are all the dogs. And then they have the audacity to do the opening credits 11 minutes into the yeah. show. <laughs> Very ballsy I like move. The, I don't care. I love that. I love, like, after all this weird, like, warlord talk, it's just a regular-ass anime intro. <laughs> well, here's the thing uh, that you come to learn about this show, and that is the opening credits are the best part. Yes. I had a lot and- of fun. And so if they didn't play it, I mean, you would just want to shut the whole thing off. But God damn, this woman be walking with dogs. Yeah. Now, I'm wondering, Matt, uh, if if we were to do this for, for the Civil War and maybe reincarnate some Civil War heroes uh, and villains as dogs, what, like, I mean, I'm trying to think of you, aside from, like, Lee and Grant, like, well, so let's start with them. Robert E. Uh, Lee, what kind of uh, dog? I think Robert E. Lee would be like a, uh, I don't know, like a like a like a big bloodhound, like an old kind of like Ladybird from uh, King yes. of the Hill. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Grant would definitely be like a smaller, more compact guy. Like <laughs> I could definitely see Grant being a bulldog. Mm. All right. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, uh, Jeb Stewart would be like a fucking. Uh, uh, like a Weimaraner or something. Uh, Sherman would be uh, like a fucking Mastiff. 
like a massive. Which I was thinking of like some a, of these are not fun dogs to have in a dog park either. Well, Sherman, I think, is like a dog that, uh, like our friend Jordan's dog, kind of tends to just like destroy every single toy it gets within two seconds, and I kind of feel like that's like a Sherman type of trait. Right, he lays waste to the toys. Yeah, he just, yeah, he makes a desert of the toys. <laughs> <laughs> he sows only ashes where the toys once were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that leaves you nothing with. And then he he also, <laughs> I guess, uh, empties your bank account so you can no longer subscribe to the toy service that you have. <laughs> and of course, uh, my favorite Civil War general, August Willich, the uh, gay communist uh-huh. uh, from Germany, would be just a, a, a badass German shepherd. Nice. Oh, uh, yeah. See, that's a good dog for a dog show. The real problem you have, I feel like, with this show is you start with... Nobunaga as the Shiba Inu, and that's the best dog. I mean, but he wishes he was something less cute. He even says he wishes he was a Doberman or a Shepherd. Yeah, right. He can't believe his fate at being such a cute dog named Cinnamon <laughs> and having a television show based on it. <laughs> it's truly a fate worse than death. <laughs> And as we cut back to the show, uh, Cinnamon wants a shampoo hat because it looks like a European collar, which were very fashionable in 1546, like a big frilly collar. Mm. Yeah, yeah like would... a Walter Raleigh-ass yeah. collar. He's like, I'm going to be the fanciest evil samurai at the whorehouse, but then he re- remembered he's a dog. <laughs> yeah, he remembers he's a dog. But it lets you know in his past life, he was known for cutting and debonair trends. And this frilly collar really would have been the utmost in fashion. And so he he begs he begs his girl for a collar. I don't think they ever say her name, by the way. I'm not erasing this girl. They just no, are they, like I, I didn't notice her name, yeah. They're like, look, she wasn't in the past. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> this is there, just some girl. There's only dead women or hooker women in the past. No other women. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so he, he he really wants this this shampoo hat which is something you put on a dog's head before you spray him with a hose so then we're cutting to bath time and he's trying he's remembering baths in his old life and it's him surrounded with like 10 gorgeous dames <laughs> and, he, and they're, like, they're all oh. laughing at him yeah and they're like don't grab me under the water and he's like that's all i can do whoops my hand <laughs> slipped <laughs> <laughs> nobunaga you dog what <laughs> <laughs> but in reality there is nothing they can do to resist him because he is a bloody warlord <laughs> so he's looking forward to the bath only then to tragically realize the dog equivalent of a bath is like you being put in a tub and then a woman just shooting you with a hose. <laughs> Damn, it sucks to be a dog. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a dog named Cinnamon when I was growing up, and my do- my job was to like physically restrain her when my mom would try to give her a bath. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it didn't work out most of the time. I was curious. I, I, you've watched the whole series, so maybe you can tell me if they ever answer this question. Do they ever find out if he's been fixed? Um, I believe they do say he's been fixed at one point. 
They don't it, dote on it, though. See, that would be all I would be pissed about <laughs> if I was him. Well, you still have a ding dong when you're fixed. You just can't shoot. Yeah, loads. but you're you're Odu Nobunaga. You shooting know, you're, loads. that's who you are. You love shooting loads. <laughs> you shoot loads. <laughs> you take roads and you shoot loads. It's <laughs> kind of what it's all about. And so then to move to this point, he's never horny though. He he's horny for past women, but he's never like horny for his girl. Right. Um, person, not like these other dogs who are well, just depraved. They do a weird thing where it's like he clearly is annoyed that he's a dog, but at the same time, he also has dog preferences. Yes, which I, I guess he would have to because otherwise you would go insane. Because if you were a human with human, you know, aesthetics or whatever, and you had to be a dog and like smell uh, asses all day, right, and, and, do, and eat dog food, you'd be pretty miserable. You'd be absolutely miserable. But luckily, when you're watching the show, you're wondering, how can I tell when he's <laughs> acting as a dog? And they have these giant kanji that come on the screen in big letters and go, dog instincts. Yes. <laughs> Just so in case you're confused about confused. whether the historical Odinobunaga loved to sniff asses. <laughs> Did he love to roll around on the ground like that? No. The screen has assured me this is dog instincts. Oh, uh, but wouldn't it be funny it if also, like, him he starts losing his it, memories over the course of the series and he starts just like remembering himself back in the hot tub with all the hotties and he's like sniffing their asses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quite soon, Dere. Oh, boy. Yeah, so they give this fucking dog a bath like you've never seen and they're out on a walk. <laughs> Oh, the weird thing about this show, I don't know if there's a commercial every two and a half minutes when the, where this actually airs, but they they cut to that like anime eye catch thing every every like 150 seconds. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, it was very jarring. I have to assume that those can't all be commercials no. because it would be unwatchable. And so it just must be their way of like when Batman travels places where it's like, Da-da-da-da-da-da! yeah, exactly. It's just like a, it's a scene transition. <laughs> well, I mean. The thing is, I always just assume that all that you can't tell the difference between Japanese shows and the commercials. But I've never really watched <laughs> television in Japan. That's just the kind of an instinct yeah. I have. I, I was actually disappointed in Japan at how like normal a lot of the commercials were because uh, the shows would be really weird, and that would just be like shampoo. You want some? <laughs> all right, nothing fun here. <laughs> no, nothing's funny. Wait a minute. You mean it wouldn't? It wouldn't be like Richard Gere just pouring shampoo into his mouth and looking into the camera for thirty seconds? <laughs> well, you get like a funny one every now and then, but everyone you saw that wasn't funny, you were just like, "This is missing something." Well, you know, it's as if it's just a country full of people. <laughs> oh, I wonder if these are all to each their own. I wonder if they're all chapters of the manga, and that's when the cuts are, and if it's like a short. Like all the mangas are like short strips. Yeah, like like this is like the get fuzzy of Japan. <laughs> it might be. I feel like that is actually what is happening here. Is they gave Get Fuzzy a TV yeah. show. Oh, by the way, shout out to Get Fuzzy. <laughs> I mean, when you're looking to relax at the end of a long newspaper, is there anything better to turn to? <laughs> that cat and dog do not get along. They really don't. No. I'm really more of the Christian values of that other cat and dog family circus. one. I don't know. Does Family Circus have a dog? No, I think it's just a kid. I forget. There's a little. We'll cat have to do a Family it. Circus episode. 
<laughs> That's where this is going. Okay, so I'm just going to get through this again. This is just the action of the show. So he's on a walk with his girl, and he meets... He meets Date Basamune again, the French bulldog, and they sniff each other's asses and they go in circles. And uh, Date Masamune laughs at Cinnamon and he goes, Cinnamon, your name is that of a coward and <laughs> it brings you great shame. And then Cinnamon goes, don't call me that. Give me, call me my old name. What's your name? And then he says, my name, this is just the dog name they gave me is Blue Dragon Bloody Fang. And then Cinnamon is like, fuck <laughs> my life. <laughs> fuck everything. I wish I had a cool name like that. But then you find out again, his name is Boo, which they had already told you. So that does kind of step on their joke yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Again, these are just the beats here. Yeah. Um, and, and and in the original format, as a get fuzzy, maybe it had been several weeks at this point since the last time you saw him. And so you'd forgotten. Yeah, you forgot. That maybe uh, the 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 dog the the dog is overly trusting. I don't know. The thing about Get Fuzzy is they really play into the dog stereotypes about like what a dog's personality would be like. Whereas these are just like full ass human beings who sometimes do dog stuff. Right. It's a whole different approach to the genre <laughs> of dog art. <laughs> <laughs> And on this next scene, Cinnamon watches himself die on TV as Oda Nobunaga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he watches it, and it, apparently, so like th- there must be a hundred shows about Oda Nobunaga already. Is kind of the gist I'm getting. And yeah. so he he's being burnt to death, and he's committing seppuku, and uh, he swears revenge at his vassal Mitsuhide, who uh, he swears revenge on for uh for coming and killing him and so they go to the dog park the next day and he's like i'm so fucking mad at mitsuhide how dare he betray me i never liked him because he was such a good looking lad yeah he brings um, it up several times because he looks so good i mean he woke up like that it's not fair and they cut to this flashback of this is the one time you see Mitsuhide and you're like, yeah, let's see what this asshole's like. Mitsuhide is just begging him not to massacre <laughs> any more civilians and he won't do it. <laughs> he just threatens. <laughs> what a pimp. <laughs> He's just like, I'll kill anyone I want, including you. And he puts a sword at him and then Mitsuhide cries and that's the end of the flashback. <laughs> um... So the other dogs at the park point out that he actually was like enemies with everyone in the country and anyone could have killed him. And as Jeremy pointed out, reading the Wikipedia, it probably wasn't even Mitsuhide. It was probably like a literal false flag operation <laughs> with a real flag. I mean, when do you see that? It's true. You with love a real to see flag. A flag. I mean, in this, in this, what, what a country. Um, uh, so uh, he then turns around behind him and who does he see but a boy who looks just like Mitsuhide in present times and he's very upset because he thinks that he was reincarnated as a dog and Mitsuhide was reincarnated as a man and then there's a bit of a fair honestly it is not even he looks exactly the same honestly I would be pretty pissed well, I mean, they don't tell you this in the first episode, and I think this is like some kind of weird cliffhanger, but Mitsuhide goes and hugs Cinnamon and says, I love you, you're a big dog, and I love you. But guess what? 
the guy chipmunk. who looks like Mitsuhide? Not Mitsuhide. Yeah, I figured that was the case. Uh, Mitsuhide okay. is his pet squirrel on his shoulder. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> and so he is he's constantly burying acorns in Oda Nobunaga's fur. Yeah. And uh, giving him all <laughs> kinds of trouble. And then they cut to the end sequence, which is footage of real dogs. And I can't emphasize this enough. These are like real barking. The first wolfers. time I saw that, I screamed. It yeah. was amazing. I loved it so much. My brain is rotted from the inside out. And I, 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 what a joy. I wish the whole show was live action. It would bring yeah, it's really the perfect, uh, perfect dessert. How about you get rid of all this uh, anime bullshit and just sew some cute dogs? Yeah. Honestly, yes. Let's go. Let's go. It is fun both ways. I think if you were going to do it, if you took this show and we're going to move it to America, you'd have to just do a live action. Yeah. Yes. You just all dogs all the time. And like no computer animated mouth Yeah, that's but they would do that. You know they would. Just talking over footage of animals like Milo and Otis style. Yeah, they do it Milo and Otis style and kill all all of those dogs. (laughs) Yeah, they just throw them off the cliff. Feed them into a paper shredder. (laughs) (laughs) They do it for art. Just fucking murdering dogs. They got a budget for like 52 episodes a year. (laughs) Not cheap dogs. Guys guys like my Shibu Inu hat. Got off the set <laughs> of uh, a Blinken no cinnamon. <laughs> uh, I, think so- Link- I think Lincoln would actually like being yeah. a dog because he really didn't have a very good time being president. I think he would appreciate just just kind of chill the time out. off. Yeah. The one thing I know about Lincoln is he loved when he was a law student to go town to town and wrestle in the square. Yes, he was a wrestler. Against he was a, whoever he was a very would oppose him. Wrestler, yes, that's a way cooler way for wrestling to work. Is just traveling and attacking strangers. It's way better <laughs> than like setting up a league or whatever. Well, that's how it all started. It was you know barnstorming, moving around, and then uh, it got it got commodified as everything does. But yeah, it used to just be for the love of wrestling. God, God, what happened? What, what happened, happened to this us? Country? <laughs> Really oh. lost our way on this one, America. We used to wrestle for the love of it. Now we need a dang belt to get us to go into the squared circle. <laughs> the oh, promise yeah. of some sort of intercontinental belt. <laughs> now we gotta climb a ladder. Werner Herzog just single tear down his face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's Oda Shinoma Nobunaga, everybody. Let's rate and review. And uh, can we? Do we have any of those Katie emails? Are we doing those behind the paywall? Uh, let's not do it on this episode because I think thematically it wouldn't match, but I'd be happy to do it behind the paywall today yeah. if you guys want to right. do that. Katie's answering your love and sex questions behind the paywall this week. <laughs> uh, all right, out of seven Dragon Balls, Katie. Wow. Sorry, guys. Seven Dragon yeah, Balls. Yeah, I got to give this there seven are, Dragon Balls. There. there are everything I want to... Just there's there's dogs, there's historical facts I don't understand, <laughs> a really catchy theme song. Uh, 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 I like it when a cute thing is mad and then it does cute shit. He digs a hole. I just the great show, great great pick, Alex. Good job. Thanks, man. I mean, he digs a lot of holes in this. <laughs> if you like the holes he digs in episode one, 
Just wait until he digs even more holes later. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Just a true libidinal delight. I would say, uh, I mean, I don't have a lot of things to compare it to, obviously. So, uh, I don't know, five, I guess. The fact that it's a cute dog and then he gets mad is very funny. It actually was kind of funny to me when he was like, I will wreck him. And he kept getting pissed. And I do. And I and I enjoy the concept. I think I would enjoy it more, obviously, if I was more familiar with the history. But so it made me imagine uh, of, like you were saying, a version of it with something I was more familiar with. And I imagine that. And I imagine that I would enjoy that a great deal. So, bon, uh, nice. yeah, five. It's incredible. So three sevens and a five. I mean, this is the best thing we've reviewed in a while. Yeah, I got to I got to say good pick. Good pick. Good quarantine Thanks, content. All right, are we doing the wish? Yeah. All right. So, Matt, because we, uh, because the three of us gave it seven out of seven Dragon Balls, <laughs> uh, we are going to summon our eternal dragon. Arise, Shenron! It's me, but I'm a fucking dog. <laughs> What's up, dog Shenron? <laughs> I can't believe this incredible situation that I was once an eternal dragon granting wishes throughout time, but now I am a dog who does that very same operation. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you still do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't really change that part of it. Does anyone have a few wishes? Hey, my man, do you know Clifford? Yeah, I know him. He can't grant any wishes. He's just a the biggest dog. Oh, hell yeah. No one knows why he's that big. Anybody, anybody saying any kind yeah, of man. wish, really. <laughs> All right, I, I got one. Uh, can I can I go can I go to a restaurant, please? No. Uh, I mean, you can go to one, but you will get sick. Wish granted. <laughs> All right, second wish. That sucks. That's <laughs> terrible. That's awful. I wish um, for some bread. <laughs> All right, you got some. There's bread in your, there's bread in your drawer. Go oh, check. sick. It better be hey, the good guy. open up that drawer real quick. Look at that bread. Oh, shit. Levy's Jewish rye. Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I wish uh, that it was okay to have a drink at 115. Wish granted, my man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Hell's on the loose tonight. <laughs> All right, thank you, big dog. Well, well, motherfuckers. Hey, who let this dog out? Who? We did, by all wishing seven Dragon Balls for that great episode. Wow. wow great. What, 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 we haven't wished on a dragon in a yeah, while. Yeah, the fans were becoming very upset about this. Yeah, they were accusing us of, of rigging it. I'm like, sorry, we have standards. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, to imply that the the peer-reviewed Dragon Ball rated review process could be rigged <laughs> so that we wouldn't have to edit as much? <laughs> to imply that we often give it six instead of seven so we don't have to do this? <laughs> because it takes like at least 20 to 30 minutes just to, I don't know, go and put all the bells and whistles <laughs> on it? But there, also, there no chance. G Gundam's a bad yeah, show. That's true. So, <laughs> eat my G dick. Gundam is a bad show and doesn't deserve seven out of seven Dragon All right. Balls. Okay, well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope you're having a good quarantine. Uh, is there anything you'd like people to check out? Uh, the Sun, if you have a chance. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, do not check out the sun. Stay indoors. <laughs> Observe it's the sun safe. from the safety of your window. If you can get on your roof, you can check it out on your roof. <laughs> All right. Okay, anybody yeah, else? Alex, what do you got? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Patak Jokes. Listen to Pod Damn America. I'll put everything on my Twitter. And uh, stay, stay indoors. Katie. Hi, you can follow me on Twitter at Katie Rose or on Instagram at oh hello Katie Rose. Um, over at my job, we're going to attempt to do a remote episode. Uh, so if you want to <laughs> learn about metal news in the time of the quarantine, guess what? Every tour is canceled. Uh, check that out on the pit. It's probably going to be in the next week or two. So keep an eye so it's open like, for that. It's like Trevor Noah, but for heavy metal. Yes. Nice. In the sense that we're all phoning it in. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, find me on Twitter at Jeremy Thunder and check out my other show, Generation Loss. All right. That's it for this week. Join us next week. Super. 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 Super.